You are listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. This talk was given at 2212 South Broad Street. For more information, visit us at circleofhope.church. I want to read to you the whole chapter of Luke 15, because it has, it has three parables in from Jesus that are really connected, and we're going to try to talk about all of them today because they are basically the same story and and they're basically our story over and over now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus but the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered this man welcomes sinners and eats with them and then Jesus told this parable suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. And then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me. I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. Or, suppose a woman has 10 silver coins and she loses one. Doesn't she light a lamp, sweep the whole house and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost coin. In the same way, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the, pros- in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Jesus continued, There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. And so he divided the property between them. And not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his field to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And so he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, His father saw him and ran to his son and threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He is lost. He was lost and is found. And so they began to celebrate. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. 
And when he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. And so he called one of the servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come home, he replied. And your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. And so his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, Look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never even gave me a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. My son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and now he is alive again. He was lost and is found. Lost and found. That's the whole, um, that's the story that Jesus is trying to tell us over and over. And I want to point out, first of all, who Jesus is talking to when he he tells these three stories. You remember from the beginning of the chapter, he's talking to the tax collectors and... um, the, uh, the sinners, Luke records. So he's talking to people who would have been viewed as lost, not, not the people who thought that they had all the answers and had everything together. And I think there's probably not, I mean, who here of us has everything figured out in their lives and has no problems? Rob, just you. <laughs> you did too, Ben? Good. <laughs> then Jesus isn't talking to you. But for the rest of us, Jesus is talking to us, those who have ears to hear. Um, so I, I want to talk about the similarities in these stories, because I'm noticing three, three main similarities that might help us contrast the kingdom of God, the way of Jesus, with the way of empire, the way of the world that we live in. And the first thing I think these stories have in common is that each, each thing is, is considered lost. You know, the sheep, the coin, and the sun is considered lost because they're not part of the rest of their crew. So they're part of a group. They don't really have a singular identity. They're lost because they're away from the whole that they're part of. And I think that that's, that just is, seems very different to me than what the empire has taught me about my identity um, as an individual. You know, I was raised probably along with many of you to kind of think that I had to forge my own unique path in the world. You know, I had to um, compete enough to stand out and make, make a mark on my own and pull my own weight. Did you ever see one of the, oh, thank you, Ashley, one of these memes about eagles flying alone, you know, not, not being a pigeon, <laughs> flocking together, but my dad, God bless him, he, he's a military commander, and he has a big poster like this in his office that informed my childhood that I better, you know, be a leader who stands alone and um, 
above the rest, whatever that means. And, you know, I've tried that way along with many of you, but it, it's not, it's, it hasn't worked out because it's not very human. You know, we are not eagles. We are human beings. Um, and Jesus is giving us a wisdom picture of ourselves right from the beginning of these stories, in all of these stories. Like, we're communal creatures. We're lost. We are lost when we're trying to do life on our own because we're away from the other parts of ourselves. And that's the premise of the whole story. We're, we're meant to be with others and form community no matter how hard it is. And we know it's hard, but we're still meant to do it because we're part of each other. Even before the, the pandemic began, social scientists coined this term, deaths of despair. Have you heard about deaths of despair? To try to identify um, something that they're seeing, especially in majority white communities around the United States, um, where people are, are passing away from, especially white men actually, from, from things related to isolation and this kind of um, the illusion of independence that we're taught to like, you know, make it on our own and, you know, have our own like, I don't know, little property with a fence around it and, you know, a job where we, like, dominate our, our field or whatever. Um, it doesn't really work out for people. And we're seeing kind of the fallout of that, that um, illusion, that, that lie of individualism. We're meant to be part of the whole, to be with others, not, not on top, flying above the clouds somewhere. And I think Jesus, Jesus wants us to know that as kind of the foundation of this story, the premise of the parables. The second similarity I see in all these stories um, is that the finder, the, the God figure in the story is really active not a passive figure. God is not, um, you know, the shepherd, the woman looking for her coin, and um, the father running out to his son. They're not just passively waiting for the lost one to appear or come out of hiding. They're like going after the lost one. And, I mean, that is hugely hugely comforting to me because um, over the past two years, we've seen how easy it is to just feel disconnected and to disconnect and just like do whatever. Um, I think in the breakdowns that we experienced in the pandemic and as a culture, many people felt unmoored from like regular routines. Like you didn't have to, you didn't have to like put pants on, you know? Um, <laughs> used to like that part, Chris. Um, but if I could put it into a picture, I think it would look like a like a a slow firework, just like sending people out into all all directions, out everywhere. And and I think what we see in the in the God of the Bible is a person of love who goes out after all those sparks, tries to 
bring them back together, collect them in bunches, whatever kind of clusters we will, we will be found by each other in. And the whole movement of the Bible is God forming groups, not ignoring difference, but elevating our common need for God and each other. It's the whole story of the Bible. Even, even the first two people that um, the creation story records, their names are really um, similar in, in the original text. Ish and Isha. They're more alike than different. And then, you know, if you look through the Old Testament, the people who get in trouble with God are the people who are not accepting um, others. Like Miriam, when her brother Moses marries outside of his race. And then God spends years sending prophets to call wayward people back back to God's self and back together, even when the prophets don't think they're good enough for that. Jesus' own first sermon is about exposing um, disconnection and prejudice among his own people. And um, if you remember, they tried to... They tried to throw Jesus off a cliff after he gave this first sermon because they didn't like to hear that about themselves. And, then, and he overturned tables in the temple because they were excluding Gentiles from religious life. So God has always been going out over those, going out after those who feel excluded and left out. And, and that's all of us from time to time. And God's trying to call us back to one another. And God takes the initiative in, in this action first. In all of these stories and in the person of Jesus. And I, I love that because God is not just putting the pressure on us to do, to, um, do all the work of reaching out. God's spirit is, you know, we get this promise in the Bible that God, that Jesus is going to draw all people toward him as if he is lifted up from the earth. So God's spirit is calling people to himself all over the world. Um, and so we're, we're, you know, when we do that for each other, we're, we're already, we're working with the spirit. We're working with what God is already doing. And, and I think the heart of the message is, to let ourselves be found first, right? In our own far-flung places and receive the, the embrace from the shepherd. You know, the, the shepherd, um, oh yeah, that's God being, God being active and, and going out after us. The shepherd carries the lamb. Keep going, Ash. The shepherd in the story, um, I love how the shepherd doesn't just you know, when, the, when he finds the lost sheep, he doesn't just say, like, get with the program, dude. Like, move, move in the right direction already. No, he picks the sheep up. He carries the sheep on his shoulders, which you can see in this real shepherd is actually, like, not an easy thing to do. Um, he carries them, not yelling at them to turn around. I, it makes me think of um, when my kids were toddlers, I quickly realized that I couldn't just parent them from the couch. I couldn't just, like I wanted to, 
I couldn't just tell them what to do. I had to go over to them and show them what needed to happen. And I think that's what God is doing to us, with us, picking us up, showing us. My nephews really like to play hide-and-seek. I'm, I'm sure many of you have played hide-and-seek with kids, and um, my sister has been dropping off her boys at my house on Thursdays so she can go to sell. And... Um, it's honestly so tiring, but what my nephews want to do for an hour and a half is play hide-and-seek in our little row house. There's not even that many places to hide, but they never get tired of it. And I think, I think it's because they know that I'm going to come find them. You know, they wait there like in this like, joyful anticipation because they know I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look for them and then... There's this great moment of discovery. You know, when I find them, we're, I'm squealing, they're squealing, and it, it's a wonderful moment. Um, and we do it again and again. Psychologists say that we all come into the world looking for someone who is looking for us. And I think that's true. We all come into the world looking for someone who is looking for us. And Jesus is, is trying to tell us three times, three stories over and over, I'm looking for you. I'm actually, I'm actively coming after you. You're part, you're part of something greater than yourself. And finally, there is much rejoicing. This is, this is the third and final similarity I see in all, all of these parables, that there's this big party at the end. And being found is a gift. It's a big miracle. It's a surprise, in a way, over and over. And all of that tells me, um, you know, that being with God isn't, the whole spiritual life isn't a moral obligation or a religious duty. Um, it's not getting with the program. None of these None of these sheep or sons get scolded or yelled at. It's about finding our place of belonging. It's about belonging, like Meg was saying. That's the point of the spiritual life. It's about realizing again and again that we belong, that we're part of something bigger than ourselves. Um, and it's kind of a surprise over and over again, you know, I confess, I have to discover it, like, daily sometimes. <laughs> when I'm struggling to measure up, maybe Ethan does too, feeling alone, like a failure, scared to connect, when I'm feeling rejected, misunderstood, these are regular feelings. And when I'm conscious enough to acknowledge them with God and others, then, then I am in that, that sweet spot of vulnerability where I can be found and have that moment of, like, wow, again, that uh, of recognition that God sees me there. And, you know, I think sometimes I feel silly for having to learn to learn that over and over again, but I... I 
I think God doesn't want us to feel silly about it. That's why Jesus tells this story three times, because this is how we're wired as people. We do forget. We forget every day that we belong and that we're part of something greater than ourselves. And, and Jesus knows that. So he keeps saying it so that we can come back to the truth again and again. We can keep turning and returning. We're part of a universal movement of love. We've got to keep returning to that memory, um, that experience of the nature of God that is so relentlessly tender. And I think that discovery is the rhythm and purpose of the spiritual life. And that's something that we can help each other into in our relationships. The, the, like Meg was saying, the little thing that you might say to somebody might be that thing for them that day that reminds them that they belong. God is finding us again and again and throwing a party, not blaming or guilting us for wandering off, but running down the road to embrace us as heirs, as owners of the estate. All of these parables, uh, don't really make sense in the way of empire or even in the way of religion. The rabbinical tradition of, of Jesus' day that he was speaking in, they would have valued, the rabbinical tradition valued the 99 obedient sheep a lot more than that one. And so what Jesus was saying was pretty radical. And it got him in trouble, as you know. He was suggesting something very countercultural that it got him in trouble with the religious leaders and the Roman overlords. Um, because what, what Jesus is saying in these parables doesn't make economic sense either. Like it doesn't, it doesn't make sense to put your not 99% of your assets at risk for the 1% at all. Jesus was challenging systems who would just protect their assets and not, and not care about the ones who weren't contributing. Jesus cared about the one, always cared about the one who wasn't seemingly offering anything of value that the world could see. Uh, it, it, it made me think about how it doesn't, it doesn't make much sense financially that we're leaving our denomination um, and might not get to keep our buildings um, because they are not LGBTQIA inclusive, um, so they don't agree with our convictions, um, and they're saying we, we, that they can't keep us. Um, but we have discerned together that we'd rather recognize the fullness of humanity in all of us than protect our assets, because the people are the real assets. The people, you all. And we can meet in homes or rent if we have to, to communicate the very inclusive love of God that Jesus is describing. It's a love that comes after us and doesn't ever, ever give up. So let's pray together, and then we'll talk back. Jesus, we confess that um, we are often that one that feels out there and excluded, 
um, lost, trying to make it on our own, trying to believe that illusion of independence. I pray that you would um, help us to hear your voice this week, the voice of the Good Shepherd calling us, trying to find us wherever we are, willing to pick us up and, and carry us home safely again. Remind us, Jesus, of um, your delight in that moment of discovery, that it's not a... Help, help us not to project our parents' stuff on you where we think it's a, an obligation or a, a guilt thing. Um, but that we just we just are meant to be with you and with each other, that we have a place of belonging in you. Thank you for that. Thank you for the great work that you're doing in us and here in Philly and all around the world, calling people to yourself. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. If you want to talk about it or get connected, visit circleofhope.church. You can also find us on Instagram or Facebook at circleofhopenet.com.